Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Today is Monday, August 7th, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 98, third paragraph, now the domestic problem. Through six sentences, we'll be ending with, argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague, and we'll be commenting on those six sentences only. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Michelle K. The 12 traditions um, will be Nancy R. Readers of the text, Barbara P. Marge O. Our newcomer greeter is Pam S. R. And our second, our host, is Tamara C. The reference numbers for Sunday, August 6th, 20,509. That's 20509. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Michelle Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Melissa. This is Michelle Kay in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle Kay. I will now ask Nancy R. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Melissa. It's Nancy R. from Illinois. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, every month reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy R. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once we are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 98. We'll be reading the third paragraph 
Now the Domestic Problem, and we'll be reading through six sentences, ending with, argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. And we'll be commenting on these six sentences only. And I'll now ask Barbara P. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Barbara. Barbara, go ahead and press star one. Good morning, everybody. Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Now the domestic problem, there may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. That is, if he is lucky enough to have a home. Though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. Wow, a lot packed into these six sentences. And um, for me, this could have been a whole special edition. I could listen to somebody talk about this. I think there's... When I came, let me just start here. When I when I was eating and throughout all my history, I had a lot of fear, and my fear of my husband leaving me was huge. He was just losing interest in me. I felt, and I was really caught up in that. Most definitely, was doing anything and everything I could think of to get attention. And so there were strained relations, and I had to put these principles into action. I was I was lucky enough to have a home. And there were some faults on his part, but there was a very strong warning in this paragraph that though his family be at fault, he should not be concerned. And I thought, well, how could I not be concerned? But my sponsor really helped me to understand the directions. What should I do? Instead, I should concentrate on my own spiritual demonstration. And what did that mean? It meant I really turned to looking at my part, myself, and looking at how was I showing interest in him? Like instead of, you know, fault finding, which is a big part of my MO in every relationship, how am I sort of working to to think about him, not me, right? Not what he's thinking about me, but just to be thinking about him, what he enjoys. The poor man could not watch football. He's a big football fan without me, like trying to talk with him, trying to be with him. He he wanted to watch football. He's kind of a simple creature. He just wanted to watch football and enjoy himself. I I had to change my actions, and I had to focus on me. And I think about the word plague, argument and fault-finding, or to be avoided like the plague. You know, we just went through COVID. I, I had my mom living with us. She was 95. We went to extremes, extremes to be to avoid COVID or the potential of bringing COVID into the house. Am I willing in my relationships to go to those type of extremes to avoid my old behavior? And I tell you, I have a different relationship with my husband today. It is amazing, and it was simple directions, but I had to heed the warning I got to stay on my side of the street, and I'm much happier, and so are the people around me when I do. So I think with that, I'll go ahead and pass. I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's take on this. Oh, thank you. Thanks 
so much for getting us started. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, so before I begin to take names, I will remind you that our meeting has many participants, and in an effort to hear from a variety of voices, we ask you to share no more than every third day. So please, if you shared on Friday or Thursday of last week on any of our meetings, please hold back so that others may share. And who would like to share? Katie G. from Boston. Katie Rivka G. R. Baltimore. Rivka. Kelly S. Rivka Kelly. Vanita L. Kelly S. But is it Vanita? Yes. Vanita. What's your last initial, Vanita? I'm sorry. L. L. Okay. Michael. March L. Tell you who I have so far. I have Katie G, Rivka R, Kelly S, Benita L, March O. Who else would like to jump in here for this first round? Okay. Karen K. Oh, what was that? Was that Karen K? Aaron with an E. Oh, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Yep. Hey. And Leia F. And Leia F. Awesome. All right. That's a good start here. So we've got Katie G, Rivka R, Kelly S, Benita L, Marge O, Aaron K, and Leia F. Awesome. All right, Katie, good morning. Would you, you can start right ahead. Hey, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. And, um, yeah, argument and fault-finding. So I looked up the word fault-finding, and it defined me. Um, Continual criticism concerning trivial things, right? So my poor husband, you know, not using napkins. He's on speakerphone. He's chewing. You know, there are so many things that um, I want to criticize. Why? Because I'm not focusing on God. Right, like when I am nagging, um, criticizing, criticizing him, I'm not using any demonstration of kindliness, um, patience, tolerance, and love. You know, and when I do the spiritual work, what I'm told is last time I checked, my husband has a mom and I'm not it. I remember I did a fourth step and I was really confident that my sponsor was going to give me marriage advice. And this is like four years ago. So I was like, well into my marriage and I was really convinced my sponsor was going to tell me how to work on my marriage and you know what she said she said work on your relationship with God and I have to tell you if you know me I've known my husband for nine years seven of those years I've done step tens on how he communicates with me seven years what does he not do and that's what I focus on but when I had, when I finally had the shift, which took me seven years to do, and I started focusing on God, and I started focusing on me, and I started focusing on how I can fit myself to be of maximum service to God and to those around me, well, it shows me that I can be sober, I can be considerate, I can be helpful, no matter what. And I can do these things even if my husband does not communicate with me for 12 hours, guess what? He goes to work and he doesn't communicate with me. What a concept. I can be okay if my relationship with God is okay. And that's the whole solution, right? The more I focus on God, 
um, the better it can be. And I will say that over time, you know, my husband and I are no longer strained when we are, when things are strained, which means worn and pinched. And I'm, I'll tell you, when I was in exercise bulimia, my poor husband, he's like, where's my wife? I'm having to work, you know, 30 hours a week on her job, staying home, and now 70 hours a week on my job. And, um, and things were so strained. And today, you know what? I do the laundry. I make food. I know you're saying, hey, Katie, why weren't you doing things before? It's because I was so sick. And now, you know, the other day, I'll wrap up with this. The other day, my husband and I were able to sit down and have a joyous eye-to-eye conversation about what money oh my goodness if that's not a miracle there was no fault finding it was all peaceful loving and calm and if you know me you know that is a miracle so thanks be to god he can do it for us and uh and i need to listen today and with that i do pass perfect timing thank you thanks katie um next up is rifka r and rifka will be followed by kelly s Good morning, Rifka. Good morning, Melissa. Thanks so much for your service. Um, this is Rifka R., uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater uh, in Baltimore. And I just had to laugh about Katie's conversation about money because, boy, am I right there. Um, anyway, uh, I was thinking that, that about what this famous psychologist, um, he did a lot of research on, on marriage, and uh, he wrote, these incredible books, and he said there are four things that destroy relationships, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and and stonewalling. And I noticed in this paragraph that there are four instructions that create domestic peace and extinguish these four destructive behaviors, and then there are also four promises, which are in the second half of the paragraph. Um, So the four instructions are, one, to put spiritual principles into action at home. So it's telling me that I have to act according to principles and not feelings, which I had no clue how to do before program, um, which means today, you know, I have to put honesty, humility, faith, integrity, love, and acceptance before my drive to control and drive to be right and drive to be a victim and resentment and fear, which is the only way I knew how to be before program. Uh, Two, do not be concerned with another's faults. Um, That was also inconceivable to me before a program. Like, how do you not be consumed with another person's faults? Um, But I've learned to stay on my side of the street and clean that up. Three, concentrate on my own spiritual demonstration. So more action. Like, I need to always keep striving for conscious contact with God and his will for me. Four, avoid argument and fault-finding like the plague. And when I do that, I get the four promises, which we'll read about tomorrow. But basically, you know, that means there's there's peace because the other person isn't a threat anymore. There's safety. Um, everyone is going to be taking ownership instead of blaming. And there's going to be an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. And thank God I've experienced every one of these miracles in, in, in my marriage. Um I used to put food and emotions between us, and like all the time, that's how I lived. And now I can make space for my husband to be exactly who he is. I can deeply value him. Um, he's not a threat to me anymore. I can acknowledge and honor my own desires without having expectations and resentment. Our relationship is, you know, happy and peaceful and loving. And and I used to think I married the wrong person. Like funny how when I got right, he got right. 
um, and uh, the mention of the word nag also was, you know, jumped out at me because I realized nag for me now stands for not acknowledging God. Like I don't have to be a nag anymore. I know today if I'm if I'm restless, irritable, and discontent, it's never what's going never what's going on inside of outside of me. It's and that's good news because that allows me to change the only thing that can be changed, which is which is me. So anyway, thanks. I heard the timer, and everyone have a wonderful day. And I pass. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rivka R. Okay, next up is Kelly S. And Kelly will be followed by Benita L. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Melissa. That's Kelly S. Um, with an EUI, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful to be here. Um, really wanted to share on this paragraph because I want to tell you guys this has been a big uh, <clears throat> reason I feel like that what's been so changed for me in my recovery this last year um, and all the decades I've been around. But people are always calling when, when they know you're a chronic relapser and, and you become recovered and they're like, what's different? What's different? And for the first time, I can tell you guys what's different. I'm trying to live by spiritual principles. You know, um, the sponsor I'm working with today, when we started working, and, you know, we, we went in that paragraph in 93, and I'm going to point it out again. This is before you even start working with the person, right? This is the new person you're going to start working with, and it says, the main thing, and this is an italicized, is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and live by spiritual principles. And I had missed this for the decades because I was just here for the weight and the, the bulimia and, and the food issues, right? No one had ever pointed this out to me and asked me if I was willing to do both of those things, you know. And so that's huge that we're living by spiritual principles, right? And, and another page that I quote all the time, so all, I, I'm not usually something like, oh, about the big book quoter, but um, these are things that are so big for me this last year. My, I have this one book, and the page fell out of my book book, and so it's uh, on page 19, and there's a solution. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. I heard somebody one time say they had the front door syndrome, and that was me. It's like, I'm really a lot more recovered till I walk in the front door, right? <laughs> and it's telling me. It's how I'm demonstrating this at home. And it says here in this part we read, you know, the new principles by which we're living, he must proceed to put these into action. So I have to have, you know, how am I going to show up? And, you know, this, um, it, it's by my spiritual demonstration. You know, people, uh, like we hear, I may be the only uh, co- cover or copy of a big book they read, and it's like, they're going to be like, I thought she was in recovery. She doesn't act like somebody in recovery, right? So today I want to be a demonstration in that argument and fault-finding like the plague. First of all, who would have ever thought we'd have to do, uh, even understand what that was, like a plague, right? I'm in the medical field. It's been crazy. So I have to go to great extents today. And that, the, that phrase right there has come up to me the last two days, and it just stopped me in my tracks. And I have to ask God, okay, God, help me to know it's not important to be right, right? And so today I am. I'm living by spiritual principles. It's not just about the food. I put the food down 100%. And now I'm trying to demonstrate these principles in all my affairs. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kelly S. Okay. Next up is Benita L. And Benita will be followed by Marge. Good morning. Hey, recovered compulsive reader in Georgia. Um, 
Thanks, Barbara, for opening us up. Yeah, that was awesome because it reminds me in in the past, I was absolutely, completely other-focused. And like I'm sure people can relate to this, many of you anyway, I was like, my goal was to change the stuff about them so that I would be comfortable and so that they would be acceptable to me. And the program taught me how to focus on myself. And I'm not perfect at this, of course, but how to speak from my own experience. I still have that a goal. Speak from your own experience when communicating with another person. And, you know, it's a total, absolute game changer. (laughs) It's such a marvel. And I still have to remind myself, right, when something's going on, it's like, okay, what's going on with you? What are you thinking? What feelings are you creating with the way you're thinking? Um, you know, running stuff by people, people pointing out, you know, when I do 10 steps, you know, okay, like, you know, what about this about yourself? Like, I was going to ask a man that I'm dating um, for like something. And, you know, a sponsor said to me, I said, I think, you know, maybe you're being controlling here. And it was like, huh, you know, and it's just, it's just such a much more sane way to live and um oh and i used to think it was my job to correct people that was i god put me on the earth to correct other people's behavior it's like oh my lord you know i might correct my 11 year old grandson's behavior but it's not where someone's being totally out there or something but it's it's my job to correct my behavior and there are so many thoughts and things that I need to um, stay vigilant about in here. I don't have time to be correcting other people's behavior. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay. Um, next is March O and March will be followed by, Erin Kay. Good morning, March. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service today, and thanks for hearing my little story here. Um, I'm Marjo from Massachusetts, recovered, and very grateful. And this, somebody said it early on, this paragraph is super packed with all kinds of things that were going on with me when I came to program. Um, which is many 24 hours ago, and some days it can feel like I just started again because of what I learned while we're studying our visions. And this, um, you know, getting abstinent was really important to me. I did have, I was fortunate to have a group that studied the big book once a month, and I got to learn a little more about it, but not nearly enough. And, you know, I changed, the food changed me in the sense that I wasn't, spending all my waking hours looking for the next meal or how I was going to get this this food or that food. And this um, this sentence here, celery explained to my family, all I did was tell them that I had changed to a new food plan. I wasn't about to tell them I had started yet another program because I had done so many programs, uh, you know, in my past. But this the seventh sentence, though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. 
should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. And I just think it was so much easier for me to be living in the spiritual part of life with everybody else except for my own family. I still wanted them to be, quote, better behaved, smarter, uh, kinder, uh, wanted them to be going along with what I had to say because, after all, um, I changed. Why couldn't they? And all of this, to me, just says the effects of the disease, that I had the effect of the disease and I had the disease, and why wouldn't my family be affected by my behavior and and thinking that, um, you know, my thinking that they should change because I did. And I didn't know how to give that up. And it took a long time for me to really realize that I needed to just sweep, you know, sweep my side of the street, clean it up and go on and do things for others. But to do some nice things for my own family as far as about learning to mind my own business and not to be critical and just to, to just make that effort and give myself over to a new higher power because I'm pretty sure I thought I was the higher power that really counted. So I am eternally grateful for visions and for program in itself. And as I've heard many times in the past few months, just don't leave. Stick around. Stay here. You'll never be sorry that you did. And thank you. I pass. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Marge O. Okay, next up is Erin Kay, and Erin will be followed by Leah S. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. This is Erin Kay, recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, yeah, there's a lot in this one. Um, put these principles into action. Concentrate on a spiritual demonstration. And, and what I what I am hearing in this is like, it's not enough to just stop doing all of the crappy stuff I used to do. I actually, you know, demonstration implies action. I have to start doing things, you know, at home in my marriage um, that maybe I wasn't doing before <clears throat> as a way to be of service at home. Um, you know, and then the argument and fault finding avoided like the plague. Yeah, I mean, this just, it it comes up, you know, almost on a daily basis. Um, you know, play, a plague is destructive. And if I'm basically, you know, spirit, spiritual axiom, right? If I'm disturbed, the problem is with me. And if I'm busy pointing the finger at my husband, I can't, I can't get to the real problem. And typically, if I'm finding fault in him, I'm doing some version of the exact same thing. When I really stop to look at it, um, you know, and fault finding is one step away from contempt, which, which is, you know, will cause plague-like destructive destruction in a marriage if it's left unchecked. And, you know, I am just so grateful that as I recovered and started just showing up differently in my marriage, you know, my husband, who's, who's not in program, is not an addict, he, he kind of started mirroring me in, in, in some senses. And I'm so lucky to have someone who's willing to, you know, when we feel a discussion turning into an argument, 
when we're getting into that emotional basement where we're not thinking clearly and just stuff is starting to fly out of you know our mouths we agree to take a pause and it's hard to pull back from that because anger starts to feel good you know it, it, there's this i don't know there's this um it's almost like the food in a sense, you know, you know, it's not good for you, but in that moment, you know, there's something about that self-righteous anger feels really good and it's hard to pull back from that. But um, when we do take a pause, you know, take the pause in our marriage, in our relationship, in a discussion, we can usually come back and actually make some real progress. And, um, you know, my willingness to do that is my spiritual demonstration, among other things. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks, Erin Kay. And next up is Leah S. Good morning, Leah. Thank you, Melissa. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Leah S. Recovered and very grateful in upstate New York. My timer. Okay. Um, this paragraph is who so me domestic. You know, um, the truth of the matter is, when I came into this program, I, I came in just for you to be able to help me lose weight, give me encouragement to lose weight, and that's it. Thank you. And these steps are too difficult because um, I was pinpointing every single thing and trying to prove to you how right I am. So don't come into my private, personal, um, you know, relationships. But I realized that in order to, for this program to, for me to stay stopped and for me not to even want to crave all those things that I used to pop into my mouth and that used to make me gain weight and, and they used to give me such misery for me to do that, I need that spirituality, the spirituality that I get with working these steps unconditionally. I mean, really, really rigorous, rigorously. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it, it just, uh, it, it brought me into spirituality. So um, getting right with God and myself is, is a biggie. And I didn't realize that all of a sudden things started to change for me and my voice became a little bit more softer and a little bit more less clear, critical. And I didn't realize that people were starting to notice that and they were reciprocating. So I didn't even intend to go out and change you because I didn't think I was going to change you. And I didn't even think that you're that I can have a conversation with you or or I, I would not criticize what you want and I would just say if that's what you would like to do. You know, th this program changed me so much but I really had no idea how it's gonna change my my life with my family, with my siblings, with my relatives and uh Okay, that's enough. Thank you, and I pass. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Leah S. So before I take another list of names, I'm going to remind everybody where we are in the book. Um, we're on page 98, the third paragraph, Now the Domestic Problem, 
we read through six sentences and we ended with argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague and if we you know commenting on these six sentences only so if you haven't shared on Thursday or Friday last week and you would like a turn please give me your name and I'll write you down Okay, two people came in at once, if you could. Melissa S. Jill P., New Jersey. Cheryl A. Okay, I heard Melissa S. And someone from New Jersey. Could you repeat that again? Jill P. from New Jersey. Jill P. from New Jersey. Okay, so I've got Melissa S., Jill P., who else? Ken W. H. Ken W. H. H. Sure. Someone else I heard? Cheryl A. Cheryl A. Who else was there? I'll tell you who I have so far. I have Melissa S., Jill P., Ken W. H., Cheryl A., Toby K. Toby K. Great. Polly D. And Polly, is it B? Polly B. And I think I heard another voice there. Do you hear something? You're very, very soft. If you can speak up a little bit, I can't hear you. Okay, something I'm. I'm not getting your voice. I, I apologize. Could you get closer to the phone or? Yeah. You hear me now, Sarita? Yes. Yes. Thanks. What's your name? Sarita. Oh, Sarita. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Sarita. going to have to speak up when it's your turn. Okay? Okay. I, I want to be able to hear you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. okay. So this is who we have. We have Melissa S., Jill P., Ken W. H., Cheryl A., Toby K., Holly B. and Sarit L. So let's get started. Um, Melissa S., go right ahead. Good morning. If you could press star one to unmute, Melissa. Mm-hmm. I am not hearing you. No. I'm I'm I think you must you might be on a headset and it's not it's not coming in. Um are you able to come off a headset and just speak in the Can phone? you hear me now? Yes. Now I okay, can. Okay, this you. is Melissa S from Nashville, yeah, Tennessee. Um I just wanted to comment on this paragraph and how um how God really just spoke to me um, through it because this is exactly kind of what I'm dealing with, with um, looking at my marriage and looking at the principle in my home. And so I just um, fault finding needs to be avoided like the plague. And it just, it just hit really close to home today. And I just was reminded of where they say when you're pointing a finger at someone else that there's three fingers pointing back at yourself. And so just that, you know, the only person that I can change is myself and that um, looking at my side of the street and staying on my 
paper. You know, they say like in school, looking at someone else's paper and telling them what they need to correct. It's like, I got enough to deal with on my paper that I don't need to be looking at your paper. So really, I just wanted to claim my seat and and have my voice be heard and say that this is very pertinent to what I am today and how God showed up in it. So thank you. Well, thank you. Glad to hear your voice this morning, Melissa. Um, Next up is Jill P., and Jill will be followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being on the line. Jill P. from New Jersey, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Eater. No fault finding. Um, I love that. Um, I live alone, so I don't have the domestic type of thing going on that many people do. But I do have two adult children um, who love each other and are not as close to each other as I would like them to be. And... Um, I notice small spiritual victories along the way. Uh, one of them being that when they are talking to me about each other and making comments on each other's characters that are not inaccurate and sometimes very trenchant, um, I have learned to keep my mouth shut and not defend the child who is being spoken of. It is not my job to do that. And that is a victory that is hard won because, of course, as the mother hen, I would like to just stick up for, I want to stick up for my son. I want to stick up for my daughter. I stopped doing that. And I also have stopped ferrying information from one to the other. They don't call each other that much. So I was saying to my son, no, this is what's going on in your daughter's life and in your sister's life and vice versa. And I said to my son yesterday, I'm not going to be doing that anymore because that is giving me codependent craziness and it is not my job to do that. So it is very difficult for me to let the chips fall where they may. Those are my two children. I love them more than anybody. I know what it's like to not be close to a sibling, and I don't want that for them. But it is very important for me to remember they have their own higher power. They have their own lives. Also, that things tend to work themselves out in time. So I am so, so grateful for, to me, these things are spiritual victories, um, that I would not have had had I not been working this program. So thank you so much for being there, everybody, and I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much for that, Jill P. Next is Ken W.H., and Ken will be followed by Cheryl A. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you. This is Ken W.H., Recover Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. Um, I, I guess try to keep this down to a real basic thing. Um, you know, I <laughs> I used to say a lot and hear a lot. Uh, we'd share this back and forth pretty uh, often. You always or you never. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, both statements are absolutely false. Um, I don't always behave a certain way or I never <laughs> not do something uh, in an appropriate way, but that was the ammunition. <clears throat> when the when the arguments or disagreements begin, uh, I get dumber. Um, 
I get start getting endorphins going all over the place and all kinds of <laughs> hormones running wild when I get angry. And uh, uh, that shuts down the, the rational part of my brain. The front <laughs> frontal lobe just shuts down and I get dumber and dumber and dumber and say dumber things and start pulling up dumber things from the past. And um, that's not living life today uh, with God. Um, this is about walking the talk and um, stop expound, expounding on uh, spiritual principles, but actually living them and doing them. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a clue how God is going to work in somebody else's life, including my wife's. And uh, I just know that God wants the best for her and God wants the best for me. And in the, <laughs> after 51 years of marriage, it couldn't be better. And not all of it was pretty, but I want to tell you, we get along better than ever. We shut doors for each other. We close drawers. We pick up dirty laundry. We do all kinds of things. And <laughs> it isn't an issue of, well, you didn't know. No, that <laughs> we want to love each other and live each other's lives together, uh, live together in God's life for us. And uh, that's that's a fundamental spiritual principle. Thanks for letting me share my past. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for that, Ken. Appreciate it. Um, next up is Cheryl A., and Cheryl will be followed by Toby K. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Melissa. Thanks so much for your service. This is Cheryl A., a recovered compulsive overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. And I think this chapter is so, so important. There's so much of the big book devoted to it. And it's almost like um, this is like one of the, 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 the passage that begins, burn the idea. And this one is, they're like the crux of it all because everything kind of plays out ultimately in my relationships. Everything plays out ultimately in my primary relationships with my husband and children. And here it says um, when the reparations have been made. So, um, and he's thoroughly explained them to the principles by which he has been living. So that means that amends have been made. And um, in this case, the prospect is living by the 12 steps. I mean, this teaches me about how to guide them, but it teaches me how to guide me. He should proceed to put these principles into action. Um, The person who said earlier defined plague, it really stuck out to me a lot because it highlighted this. I am not to get wrangled and tangled or when I hear it in my um, sponsees to, to get all wrangled up and tangled up in the conflicts and um, I, I need to avoid argument and fault finding like it's a plague. That's in, that's an intense uh, word to use. So practically speaking, what helps me is um, 417 and 449 of the big book. 449, I think, is in the last edition where it talks about how in the story of acceptance, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but his wife's name was Max. And he says he focuses on um, his magic magnifying mind on what's good about her, on her. He doesn't, when he focuses on 
the qualities that he doesn't like, they get worse. So when he focuses on what he loves about Max, his wife, it, it all gets better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad today, I have a bad day. And practically speaking, that's what I need to encourage my sponsees to do in the way that this is guiding us. And it also is what I need to do is to focus my magic magnifying mind on what's good today and to continue to practice these principles. Practicing these principles is working the steps in my relationships. I am powerless over my husband and children, and my life is unmanageable. God, I've come to believe you can repair all that, and I'm willing to turn my will and life over to you, which is to not control it all or them. It is to take it uh, one step at a time in the application of those steps to my relationships with that magic magnifying mind. Thanks so much, and everyone have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Cheryl A. Okay, next up is Toby K, and Toby will be followed by Polly B. Good morning, Toby. Yeah, hi, it's Toby K uh, from Long Island, New York. Um, thank you so much, uh, Melissa, for your um, leadership and everyone else for your shares. It's just been mind-boggling um, to hear this today. Uh there is so much in here uh, that just um, talks to me, and um, I also, uh, you know, I I always blame my mother, if she rest in peace, you know, that she criticized and she criticized and she criticized, and she wanted me to be perfect. I guess I sort of do the same thing, and I don't even realize uh, what I'm doing. Um, criticizing uh, my husband, um, many times my my children, and um, you know I accept I expect them to change, but uh, that's not working. So uh, I really need to focus on myself. Um, my husband is going through some health issues, and he's really um, being introverted. Uh, watching a lot of TV, staying in bed, uh, and, and that bothers me. I want to have uh, interaction. But um, if I put the magnifying glass on myself, um, I really need to connect to God instead of um, bothering him and uh, wanting him to be available for me. So um, I really appreciate the shares today, and it really hit home. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Toby K. Okay, next up is Polly B, and um, we should have time for Sarit as well. Let's see how time goes for us. Okay, Polly. Good morning, everyone. Polly D is a dog, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Kentucky. Wow. Argument and fault finding should be avoided like the plague. This needs to be seared into my consciousness. It's underlined, start all that. And I've got to say that getting freedom from the food is so amazingly wonderful, a gift of God. I don't even know why I was graced with it. But it maybe even more wonderful is getting free from arguments, fault finding, and, and similar character defects. Freedom. When I don't have to come back, and even if someone's attacking me, I don't know about y'all, but I have 
and people in my extended families who love to pick fights. Wow, so great to be able to call on God and not give it back, whether it's by text or by whatever. And in my relationships with my family, I'm married with four grown children, two of whom are launched, two of whom not yet, one who's in college lives with us still. That's where it's always, as it says in the big book, sometimes the hardest to apply these principles. But you know, I try, I fall, I try, I fall. But one thing I know, it's just like the food. It is, the 12-step program is not a moral development program. You know, I can do it by my own effort if I just remember this sentence from the big book. No, it's got to be, please help me, God. Make me a better person. Help me to keep my mind's mouth shut. And maybe the occupational hazard for children, for parents in particular, is just this. As they get to be young adults, I find it very hard to stop doing what I naturally do when they're little, correcting, guiding, warning, keeping my mouth shut. But for sure, as someone said before, my job was never that with my husband. And... My husband is in another program. We give our nightly reviews to each other. And you know, sometimes I'm in my head so much that I'm correcting his nightly review as I'm listening to it. So I'm not there yet. But just like with the food, I know the freedom when I feel it. Oh, it's so great that I don't have to use my words as weapons, that I can love. Does that mean that people aren't going to do really bad stuff? either in my family or in the world. No, they are. But I can ask God to help me respond. Ask God to change me. It's got to be a God thing because I have tried the moral self-improvement program on my own steam. And for me, it does not work, including lots of years of therapy. So that's what I got, y'all. Um, have a blessed and have soon Okay, thank you so much, Polly B. Um, Sarit, I we have like less than a minute left. I don't know if you want to take, you know, a minute, or if you would prefer and you could wait. I'll grab it. I'll grab it for two seconds. I'll grab it. All right, go ahead. Thanks so much, Melissa. Okay, Sarit L in Montreal. In Montreal, we're up um, up north. I'm just vacationing here, and I've got so many personalities. I just wanted to share how. Thank God for program. Um, I've learned in program and I'm using it here. I'm in the front line fighting, you know, I'm a warrior. And just yesterday I had a situation with, I've got five kids. So like everyone's going haywire being on vacation and just remember like sitting down with my husband last night and seeing how we can do it better for this specific child that's struggling with the lack of stability. And then another kid who trying to explain something while I'm teaching them and they're not getting it and they're not getting it and it's 20 minutes later and I said to the kid like so tell me where I'm explaining it wrong or how I can do it better it takes patience and then just you know realizing that that the, the most important thing with my children and my family members is developing a relationship with them and getting a closer relationship with them it's about the relationship it's about loving them and I had Yesterday, right. where I wanted, we're out of time. Okay, so just yeah. I'm doing it all with you today, and thanks so much. I'll pass. Thank, thank you, Sarit. Thanks so much for cutting your share down. Appreciate hearing you. Um, 
Well, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, August 7th, is 20,510. That's 20510. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book. It's on page 164 and will be followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Marge O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Marge O. from Massachusetts, Recovered and Grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if you if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.